Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Josh Carr Show. As you can hear, my voice is a little better. I still have some assistance from the Leftist Tears Tumblr. A little ASMR for you. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the Supreme Court, which have been beast mode. But before we do that, I want to talk about something. So you know how sometimes you're sitting in your house. Let me give you a hypothetical. You're sitting in your house. Um, you're watching the news. Maybe, uh, I don't know what people watch nowadays. You're watching Yellowstone. Maybe this show uh, on your TV, your phone. And it hits you. You realize, crap, it is my wife's birthday today. And it's like 11 p.m. It's too late, man. It's too late for you. You cannot be saved. But you can get a belated birthday present, and that's all right. Well... I have the solution for you, not for your wife, not for her birthday, but for America's birthday. Now, you're listening to this on Monday or even Tuesday, most likely on the 4th of July. Let me tell you, I have a belated birthday present for you. And you know what? This is a little informal. I'm going to stand up and show you. I am donning today the Gulag America shirt. I'm going to turn around as well. Not too scandalous. Don't want to show the butt. This is the Gulag America shirt that I told everyone about, the title sponsor of this podcast. Now, it's a tradition to get a gift on someone's birthday, so why not get a belated gift for America's birthday? This 4th of July, I have partnered up with Gulag America. It is the perfect 4th of July gift for your friends and family. Gulag America is an apparel company with high-quality clothing and designs for the best patriots. Gulag America features clothing with classic sayings such as don't tread on me. They also have their classic logo like this. It's got the barbed wire in the middle. Looks super good as well as not going to lie. Don't know if you can tell, but my chest looks about twice as big as normal. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. Feeling pretty confident on today's uh, podcast. Right now, everyone, if you use my code JoshCar10, you will get 10% off at Gulag America. Super high quality shirts. They're not super expensive. You're going to get even better discount with that code. Again, that's joshcar10 at gulagamerica.com. Link in the description down below. Awesome. With that, I'm really excited to talk about today's topic. The Supreme Court is literally on fire. Let me scoot forward a little bit. I got a little out of hand there. Hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts right now, head over to YouTube as well. Take a look there. You want to see this shirt. You want to see what's going on in the background, the, the craziness back here as well. If you're already here on YouTube, thanks for being here. Student loan forgiveness. That's what we're mostly going to be talking about today. The Supreme Court is on fire. They passed two things on Friday. Uh, they retracted student loan forgiveness that Biden put forward, as well as they protected religious rights and freedoms, which we'll talk about later on in the podcast. If you remember correctly, Biden uh, decided to try to cancel $430 billion worth of student debt. Now, this was uh, done through an executive order, and there was a lot of questions whether or not this is going to happen. A lot of people were really excited. Understandably, they're going to have some student loan, even like conservative people. Uh, and a lot of people were not excited because maybe they paid off their student loans. I'm definitely, just to be super transparent about my biases, not excited about this. I don't have student loans. I'm never going to have student loans. And I have set myself up in a way where I don't have to. And so I was not happy that we're going to be thrust into a worse economic position. It's really scary for a lot of conservatives to kind of see the economic policy that the left is pushing. Basically, how it works is the left have this economic policy that you can just keep printing money over and over and over again. 
And the economic theory essentially is that because if you print money for social welfare programs, essentially it's going to push jobs upwards. And even though you're going to hit bad inflation, uh, those jobs and the, um, the pay is going to outpace inflation, right? So you may have 6% inflation, but you're going to have jobs at 9% growth. So inflation really doesn't matter. That's the economic policy. As we've seen, Joe Biden has been a living case study of why this economic policy does not work. What we've seen is an average 8%, 7-8% inflation during his presidency, and we've seen wages go up by 1% or 2%. So inflation is way outpacing wages at this point, or wage growth, uh, and so it's, it's, it's not doing good. And so in addition to all of the, the packages, the uh, Build Back Better failed, but uh, the infrastructure packages, people really nervous about this $430 billion package that was just going to ramp up inflation more through printing money. Um, <clears throat> luckily, this has been stopped by the Supreme Court, by the conservative Supreme Court. The reason why is because six states filed lawsuits against the Biden administration for making this executive order. Uh, I don't know all of them off the top of the hand, off the top of my hand, but I know Missouri is one of them. Arkansas is another, as well as South Carolina, mostly states uh, in the South, as well as a couple companies that are debt companies. They sued um, because I believe that this would essentially get rid of a lot of the interest that they would be paid on student loans. Um, the Supreme Court essentially ruled, just to break it down really simply for everyone, the Supreme Court essentially ruled that the president did not have authority to cancel student loan debt and that that was something that had to be done legislatively. So they're not saying that you can't cancel, uh, that you couldn't you know, fund, come up with funding in order to eliminate student loan debt. But what they're saying is that that, was, that would take place on the legislative level, that the executive branch really doesn't have the authority to do that. And uh, obviously, this is something that I agree with most conservatives do. I'll talk just in a little bit about uh, what I believe the Biden administration believed in their kind of legal policy and theory in doing it. Um, but basically, just to simplify even more what the $430 billion means, is that about 40 million Americans uh, were going to get about $20,000 back. And so, I mean, I think about that, like I, like I feel for those people. Like, I'm not happy that 40 million people have to deal with $20,000 more in debt. Like, I think there might be a misunderstanding. And I understand that sometimes the right can come off very, um, whoops, uh, that the right can come off very, um, maybe unempathetic. They can come off mean that they don't care about other people. I understand that that happens sometimes. I just want to make it really clear. I have all the empathy in the world for those people that have to go through debt. Because as I'll talk about in a second, it's really awful what these debt companies, these student loan companies are doing, these predatory loans, uh, in order to take advantage of really young people who are trying to go to school. Of course, we should encourage people to go to school. Of course, we should encourage people to reach beyond even their financial capacity if it means going to Harvard or Yale or a, a great institution that's going to further their goals. Um, so I really feel for them. I think what's hard for conservatives is that we, most people, me including, I've said this whole time, never thought this was possible. Like I know Biden, I was surprised when he made the executive order. I was, but 
I was not, I, I never expected it to work. Like I never expected it to not get shot down by the Supreme Court or even a lower court. Frankly, I'm surprised it got to the Supreme Court. And so as sad as I am for those people, I wish they hadn't put so much trust in the government, which obviously is a lot of uh, my theory, just as someone who observes the world and politics, don't trust the government. Like it doesn't matter if they're Republicans or Democrats. They just, they just want your vote and chances are they're not to be trusted and they're going to do what they can to further their own gain, but not really yours. Um, This really brings into question kind of the, what the executive branch is doing and how it's formed over the years. Uh, One thing that's really clear, at least to me, is that executive orders at this point have totally gone out of control. Like they're crazy. People are trying to let, and it's on the left and the right. Like we're seeing presidents trying to legislate from the executive branch. And that was just never the purpose. I mean, we learn in school. It's like one of the most fundamental things we learn is that there are three branches of government and their checks and balances. Executive branch is not there to create the law. It's to enforce the law. Executive orders are specifically there so that the president can do his job and so that he can control his executive branch. Excuse me. Um, And so we saw, and I'll talk about this. I'll I'll show you the numbers in just a second. We saw after World War II when the bureaucracy, I mean, even a little bit before, more like World War I, we saw the bureaucracy and the executive branch really exploded. That's when executive orders started going crazy too. And on one on one side, it makes sense. And I understand that you have to use more executive orders when the executive branch has grown. But on the other side, should the executive branch really grow that large? <clears throat> Just to show you some numbers, I have the history of the amount of executive orders that each president has issued during his presidency. I'm just going to go through a few. By the way, this, this does not include mandates, which are a little bit different but essentially the same. Um, So those numbers will change a bit depending on mandates, but executive orders are much more common. Just to give you kind of an idea of uh, what what people uh, have done over the years. George Washington signed eight executive orders. John Adams won. Um, We'll go down a few years all the way to uh, Abraham Lincoln. He signed 48. Obviously that was a time of great uh, executive struggle. Uh, we'll go to um, Theodore Roosevelt. That's kind of when it exploded. 1,000 under Teddy. Well, Teddy. Then we had Woodrow Wilson, worst president probably in American history, 1,800. <clears throat> FDR, 3,700. Obviously because of World War II, understandable. Then it goes down to a little bit more of a reasonable number, but so far up from where we were when our country was founded. Uh, we've got JFK at 214. Uh, Ford at 169, Ronald Reagan 381, uh, Clinton 364, and then Obama 276, Donald Trump 220, and Joseph R. Biden is at 116 so far. 116, and then we've got our first 10 presidents who combined had like, I don't know, it looks like 30. So that just gives you a little bit of an idea of how the executive branch has really grown. And I understand our country's bigger. I'm not calling for us to have five executive orders over the course of a presidency. I'm just saying when you start having hundreds in order to legislate instead of actually just managing your own executive branch, we're in trouble. Um, This is really good news for the economy. The fact that this has been shot down when you have to relieve $430 billion worth of debt, you're gonna have to print a lot of money, inflation's gonna go through the roof. We're seeing inflation start to go down right now, which is really good news. 
sitting at about 4%. Uh, we'd like it to go down to like 2 <clears throat> And uh, no one could really predict how high it would go, but printing $430 billion is definitely going to send inflation up, especially as wages kind of plateaued at about 1-2%, as I mentioned earlier. Um, I just feel bad for people who are always banking on the government. Like, don't bank on the government. Take personal responsibility. Like, I've always said it was just a ploy from Biden. I want to tell you kind of the, the theory that I think. This is what I think uh, Biden did. And I think he did it for this, and I think he did it for the COVID mandate as well. <clears throat> I am not an expert on constitutional law by any means. I'm taking a couple classes. I read a lot. I watch videos. Like, I, I do the classic stuff, okay? I understand the Constitution fairly well, but I'm not an expert by any means. If you look at the COVID mandate or you look at the student loan forgiveness, it's pretty clear that the like the president really has no right to do that. Like Article 2 of the Constitution, pretty clear what you can do. Article 1, pretty clear what, the, what Congress can do. And so like any like basic student can kind of see that, uh, especially one who understands as well the political landscape knowing that we have six conservative judges in the Supreme Court. Like, you could say I have a conservative bias. I totally do. I'll own up to that. But just understand that so does the Supreme Court and other ones deciding. So I don't think me sitting in my dorm thought of that and the Biden team didn't. That's my point. And so what I think is they knew is dead in the water from the beginning. They knew they couldn't forgive student loans through the presidency. In fact, I feel like it's proof that they knew that because they already tried to legislate it and it just didn't really get far. <clears throat> their first option was not to go through the executive branch. It was to go through the legislative branch. And then when they couldn't really do it, they were like, well, I guess we'll do this. And the reason why is because the Democrat Party is being run by progressives right now. Like, I'm not saying the Democrat Party, if you take the whole party, is very progressive. Studies show it's about 15 to 18% <clears throat> of, uh, of, the, of the United States, not just of the Democrat Party. So it's a little larger. But the majority are still moderate liberals, uh, normal people not huge fans of uh, gender ideology or crazy mandates. Like they're pretty normal people. Um, but unfortunately they're being run by uh, leftist elites or these crazy progressives. And essentially Joe Biden has to cater to these people, especially when they're his donors. And he has to be able to go out and say, Hey, I did everything I could do. It doesn't really matter if he succeeds. If you say I did everything, but those pesky Democrat or those pesky Republicans would not allow me to do it. <clears throat> at some point, his followers and his base can't really blame him. And so I think that was the strategy with this. People are going to say Joe Biden fought for us. He tried to eliminate student debt when it comes to COVID mandates. He tried to mandate it, but those evil um, Supreme Court justices wouldn't let it happen. And. I think it's a political move. He knew he was dead in the water from the beginning, but he's doing it anyway just to be nice to his constituents, which is not a bad political move. I don't follow him for that at all. I just don't think uh, anyone should give in to the, like, the narrative that this was calculated or that this was even somehow constitutional or like Joe Biden thought this was going to be able to be possible because it just doesn't make sense. I don't know why he would believe that. The biggest thing with it, and the reason why I'm excited for it, uh, I'm obviously excited for economic reasons, but one thing that's very passionate that I'm very passionate about is just fiscal responsibility <clears throat> on a government scale, but on an individual scale as well. Like I feel very sad for the people who got taken advantage of by predatory loans and 
they didn't have someone to educate them about these things. I feel sad for that. And I think that's what we ought to focus more on in this. We need to focus on the fact that they're 18 year olds who just don't know what they're doing and they want to go to a school. They're trying to get ahead and someone offers them a lot of money. The interest rate seems pretty low. They don't have a good concept. No 18 year old has a really good concept of interest and what it means. And so they're not thinking this is going to be a 20 year payback or a 40 year, depending on what kind of thing they're going into. <clears throat> we need to educate people better. And I don't think it means we're like outlawing or even reforming um, how loan uh, loaning works to students. I just think education is important. They can make their own decision. They have their agency, but they ought to be educated on what it means and the consequences of it. And I can personally say that <clears throat> in high school, which I, I'm sad to say wasn't that long ago for me, they did not talk about this stuff. They didn't talk about scholarships hardly at all. They were talking about crappy like third party websites. Uh, they didn't talk about loans. They weren't talking about things that really mattered and have some actual significance. And I didn't learn about them until I got to college. And luckily, I did a lot of research about it and learned before I made a bad decision. But not everyone is so lucky, especially when they, they live um, in a family that hasn't gone to college before. The media have a responsibility and a part to play in all of this. Like <clears throat> the media have the job of being the watchdog for the government, but also for the people they need to stick up for students who are struggling with these things. Call out the predatory loaners. Tell them <clears throat> that they're going to talk about their crap. They're going to talk about all the bad things that they're doing for students if they keep doing it. And hopefully the media can play a part in that sort of education. Um, <clears throat> as well as reparations. I mean, reparations comes into this as well. Any sort of debt relief or reparations takes personal responsibility away from people. It is not empowering you. When someone forgives your debt, you are not empowered. If $430 billion had been relieved from people, they would find themselves right back in debt. It would probably be credit card debt, real estate debt, um, personal loans, car loans. <clears throat> people need to take personal responsibility over the life. That is the most empowering thing you can do. Don't wait on the government. Um, so I'm really glad it got overturned. Hopefully we can foster that culture in America. Again, guys, I apologize so much for my sore throat. My It's it's so dry, and so I'm trying to power through it. Um, the leftist tears are helping. <clears throat> With that, um, I want to talk about ground news really quick, as I always do. The media are biased. We know this. It's nothing new. It's nothing crazy. That's why I use ground news for this podcast. Go to the link in the description below. You will get 15% off Ground News. What it is is a site that compiles information together, different news articles telling you the biases uh, of what they are so that you can sift through it, determine your own um, interpretation of what happened uh, since we just don't always know because you've got CNN giving the left, Fox often giving some watered-down right-wing version, uh, and unfortunately without those biases. And, and the biases aren't simply just left-right. It's not like something like Fox News is on the right. It's like, yeah, we know. It's talking about who owns this business. <clears throat> what kind of incentives do they have to write this story? Those things are really important. I love it. I use it every day. Go check it out. Link in the description. Now, the other reason why the Supreme Court is on fire today, guys, is, and this one honestly is more important. Okay, I got to say, just for our rights, this one is way more important. Religious freedom and expression were protected today by the Supreme Court, or Friday, I should say, by the Supreme Court. Uh, and gay people are freaking out right now. But let me just read for you 
I want to read for you a, uh, a headline from the AP. <clears throat> It'll give you an idea of how much people are just freaking out about these sort of things. Like whenever you extend religious freedom to people, stuff goes down. People freak out. All right. First thing in the AP. You ready? In a defeat for gay rights, the Supreme Court's conservative majority ruled on Friday that a Christian graphic artist who wants to design wedding websites can refuse to work with same-sex couples. In a defeat to gay rights. That was the first thing. Could it not have been like in a victory for religious rights? Also, how is this a defeat for gay rights? <clears throat> like the Constitution never states that everyone has a right to any service that they want. And by the way, <clears throat> if I went to a, uh, it sounds like from the, this ruling, if you go to a web designer and they say, you know, I, I have a moral quandary with straight weddings, they could deny you service too. So the law is completely, like it is applied completely equally. If you didn't hear, there was basically a Supreme Court ruled that a graphic designer did not have to make websites for gay couple. They had a problem with it, uh, not because they hate gay people, but because their religious <clears throat> reviews are uh, their their views are such that they don't believe in gay marriage. And so in keeping with their First Amendment right, they didn't want to do it. The Supreme Court, of course, said that that was protected under the First Amendment. This is the same thing as the Masterpiece Cake Shop. You'll remember that there was a man, he was asked to make a gay wedding cake, and he said no. And it went to the Supreme Court, and they ruled in his favor as well. Again, pretty cut and dry. I do not understand how people could read the Constitution otherwise. I will say, though, on my part, like, I'm pretty, like, <clears throat> I'm pretty radical with this stuff. I think in America, you should be able to refuse work to anyone for any reason. And here's the reason why. I don't think government has any say in it. I think government messes this up. The free market is a solution to this problem. The reason why the free market is the solution to this problem is that essentially what you have is businesses. And if you refuse things to people, word will get out. People tend to stick together. If there's a business that's refusing Christians or black people, they're going to get together and say, hey, don't go to that business, by the way. Like, and not just the black people, like say there's a business that says, yeah, we just don't serve black people. They're going to go to their friends. And like, if, if I had a friend who was black and came to me and he was like, yeah, by the way, that deli doesn't serve black people. I'd be like, what the frick? Like, I'm not, okay. I'm not going to shop there. Like, why would I buy a sandwich from people who are racist? <clears throat> I would do that. I think that would really become the norm and they would just lose a ton of business from that. It's not cool to be a bigot. Like, we don't live in an age where bigotry is totally cool anymore. I think back in Jim Crow era, this would have been a real problem. But the government just kind of letting... I'm not saying they should put institutional um, protections for some and not for others. What I'm saying is just across the board, you should be able to refuse people for any reason. <clears throat> the market will correct it. And those who accept people will benefit from it anyway. That will be a much better solution than the government cracking down on certain things and being wishy-washy as a government always is. I do want to point out as well, this is why people were not okay with gay marriage. This is where people have gone to. Like I, and I want to say I used to be pro, pro gay marriage. And the reason why is because I thought the government has no business in this. Like kind of the libertarian in me came out. The like, government has no business in this. <clears throat> they don't need to be part of marriage. Like get out of marriage, let them be together if they want. What business of it is the government's? Now we're trying, we're starting to see it. They started with gay marriage. So it's going to end there. Then they changed the definition of marriage, and now they're asking for everyone to view that marriage as equal, which people just aren't okay with right now because of their religious views. And they shouldn't be. They should be able to have their religious views and act upon them, and the Supreme Court agreed with that. 
So it was great work by conservative, uh, the conservative Supreme Court. Both these rulings were six, three conservatives, uh, all six of them, and then three liberal judges. This is why the Supreme Court is so important. They are literally saving the constitution. It's important to put in Republican executives because they're the ones that are going to be putting conservative justices in place to preserve the constitution. That is the thesis for this show today. Remember that not only are you voting in executives, but you're also voting in the judges with them. Thanks for watching so much, guys. Again, so sorry for the sore throat, but thanks for sticking out with me. Uh, comment down below what you thought about this week's podcast as well as the Supreme Court rulings. Subscribe and like. See you guys.